The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Mike Rowe here with a few thoughts on my favorite sweatshirt. A classic zip-up hoodie that used to be navy blue but has since faded to what the fashionistas call a distressed indigo. It's 13 years old, soft as a flannel bathrobe, and after a few hundred dirty jobs, demonstrably and undeniably indestructible. This is the kind of sweatshirt girlfriends like to permanently borrow. But I've held on to this one because I got it from American Giant. American Giant makes all their stuff right here in the USA so they can control every link in their own supply chain. That matters, because when you buy American Giant, you not only get great quality, you create jobs for people in factory towns all over the country. No pressure, but if you give a damn about the business of making things in America, you got to support the companies who are doing it right. Go to American-Giant.com Mike to get 20% off your first order. That's American-Giant.com Mike. For the birds, this was for the city. This one for the fans that bleed green with me. Push down to 95 to the right is the link with a team pulling up, knowing that they're getting beat. Exit Broad Street, right on Patterson. Xfinity Live, CPP, what's happening? Dub F Lot, stop by F1. Fly Eagles Fly, you hear the song getting sung? What team in the league is number one? Bird Gang, Bird Gang, yeah, I said it twice. You heard me say it once, now you sure you heard it right. No lies being told, yeah, it's all facts. It ain't me agreeing. Kelly, we don't rock with that. Any given Sunday, we don't ever slack. Yeah, we got an SP, time to run it back. And even on the road, yeah, we taking over. All you see is see a green like you at the Nova. Can't let you watch the squad, bro, it's only us. A cheesesteak tailgate, yeah, we good, bro. Beer pong baptism, you already know. Con shot, tomato pie, bring three or four. After every bird game, you know where to be. Fourth of John, NBC, in the heart of Philly. About the birds, about the birds, all about the birds. Eve Rock, Dale, Sonic, Hollywood, her. Here we go, broadcasting live from NBC Sports Philadelphia Studios in the heart of the Wells Fargo Center. Welcome to 4th and John, episode 116. Philadelphia, Merry Christmas. I know it's looked bleak at times. I know it's been disappointing at times. I know we've been cursing at the TV and pounding our head against the wall. Trust me, we've been right there with you. But Philadelphia Eagles fans in this area, across the country, and across the world, you were on the nice list. Because we got the single best gift we could get this holiday season, and that is a victory against the Dallas Cowboys, and a golden opportunity to win the NFC East with one more game left to go against the New York Giants. Merry Christmas, Philadelphia Eagles fans. But before we get in to the golden opportunity that stands before our beloved Eagles, Spencer, if you'll indulge me just one more time 
and let me get camera one and zoom that bad boy on in. Zoom it on in. Hello, Cowboys fans. It's your old buddy, E-Rock. Now, I know you don't want to hear this, but I, I, I tried to tell you. I told you not to lose this game, and you lost. I told you not to let the Eagles win, and the Eagles won. I told you not to get beat, and you got beat. Now, don't, don't be mad at me. I mean, don't kill the messenger. Hey, I knew it. I knew you didn't have faith in that quarterback named Dakota Rain Prescott. I knew you didn't have faith in him, and you did too. And at the end of the game, he blew it for you. I know you didn't have faith in that Jason Garrett guy clapping on the sidelines. You were worried that he was going to blow it for you. And lo and behold, there it was, and he did. And I know you don't have faith in Jerry Jones and all of that, but hey, listen, I don't want to turn this into a whole I told you so scenario because it's the holiday season. That wouldn't be very festive of me. It wouldn't be very nice. But Cowboys fans, I, I, do, I do want to ask you this question. What's it like to wake up in the morning and realize this late in the season, week 16, that you're all frauds? What's that like? What do explain it to me because I can't relate. Couldn't be me. I wouldn't know. What's it like to wake up and realize that for all that trash talk that you've been doing all season, that your team is nothing but a bunch of frauds? Do you look in the mirror and and, and cry to yourself? <laughs> we we're, we're still them boys, right? Oh, oh, Dak Prescott's still an elite quarterback, right? Oh, Mari Cooper's still gonna sign, right? Right? He's still gonna remain in Dallas, right? I hope we ruined your holiday season, and I hope your Christmas sucks. I hope when you go down those steps in those little goofy Cowboys footy pajamas of yours, and you run down that there's nothing under the tree, that you got nothing, and if you did get something, it's something that you don't want, and you can't even return it to the store for store credit because you didn't keep the receipt. Well, don't worry. We here in Philadelphia, oh, we always keep the receipts. We got all the receipts. We've been keeping track of all that trash talk that you've been doing all season, and we haven't forgotten about a thing. Oh, we haven't forgotten. You know what? When I hope you go down and you look underneath that tree, oh, you got a toy there. Oh, you open it up. Oh, what's this toy? Oh, it's a toy like Amari Cooper. That's an expensive toy to get. That's a real expensive toy to get. But even though it costs you so much, it still can't give you that holiday cheer, that holiday happiness, and fill that empty void in your soul that you've had since the mid-90s, and it ain't going to get you a Super Bowl. And even though that toy costs you a lot of money, huh? It's still going to cost you a lot of money to keep. Otherwise, it's going to go find another boy and girl to go play with at the end of the season. I hope you open up that, that present. And it's a toy just like Dak Prescott. The most overrated piece of garbage toy that you can get. And even though it's overrated and it's a piece of junk, you still take that toy and you still try to convince yourself that it's elite. And you go and you compare that toy to everybody else and say, look at my toy. My toy's elite. You go to that kid in Philadelphia and you you say, look at my toy. My toy's better than your toy. And I hope that kid from Philadelphia steps on your toy and breaks it just like the Eagles did to the number one ranked Cowboys offense. You better check that warning on that box for that toy. It's a choking hazard. Dak Prescott is a choking hazard. I hope you open up that toy and you look at it and it's Ezekiel Elliott. That's a good toy. That's one of the top toys in the league. That's a very expensive toy and it's worth every cent. And then I hope you forget how to use that toy when it matters the most. 
I hope your holiday sucks, and I hope we ruin your Christmas. I hope you burn your Christmas dinner. I hope you burn it, whether it's a ham, it's a turkey. I hope you burn it so it's tougher than that soft-ass team that you put out there on Lincoln Financial Field last night. I, you suck. Dallas sucks. That You know what you should do for Christmas? You should go to church, and you should pray to the football gods that everything's going to be okay and that Jerry Jones knows how to figure this thing out. And you should repent for your sins of talking all that garbage because you were writing your mouth was writing checks that your ass could not catch. Now don't worry. If you get nothing under that tree, Philadelphia's going to take care of you. Because Carson Wentz came down your chimney in a midnight green Santa suit, took a dump in all your stocking, and gift-wrapped an elf for you. Dallas, you suck. I hope we ruined your holidays. You can kiss my ass. Go, birds. Mr. Gail Saunders, Eagle Sessions on Twitter. How you doing this evening? Doing fantastic, bruh. Are you doing all right over here? I'm in a good place. You need some water? Uh, you know, the Eagles, you know, they, they saved Christmas. But not... Not only did they save Christmas, they saved the season, man. I mean, they really saved the season. Uh, I mean, last week I talked about uh, the younger players stepping up. Uh, even though that some of these guys were forced to step up, it, they, it seems like their motivation, their energy, their heartbeat has been the lifeblood for this team the last couple of weeks. You're seeing their heart, you know, resonate in the locker rooms with these veterans. You know, you know you're looking at a younger guy, coming up, making big plays, and you're like, why can't I do it? Was a, it was a whole team effort last week. Uh, I mean, you got to sh- give a shout-out to Carson Wentz. I talked about him shutting down that Dak, that Dak Wentz conversation by himself in his own particular way. The kid has been balling. Lights out. I mean, on the biggest stage to save the season, fourth in the season, Carson Wentz steps up. But – not only did the fans step, uh, not only did Wentz step up, not only did you know the, the younger players, but the fans stepped up. The fans, I'm talking about. We've seen the fans in the stadium over weeks and weeks, but there was a certain kind of energy in that stadium, a certain kind of juice that they believed. They believed, and there was a weird confidence. I mean, the analysts picked all against the Eagles, and it wasn't on some Homer ish over here. But there was a weird confidence about this Eagle team and what kind of heart this Eagle team had over the last three weeks. This is a team that is catching lightning in a bottle at the right time. And there's one more game that we got to handle to get to the playoffs. I love it, man. I'm to the, so- pl- can you, the playoffs? Playoffs? We're talking about playoffs? All we got to do is win one game. Dude, I am, I am still, we are less than 24 hours removed from the greatest win this season. The best win we've had as Eagles fans this week, this season. And I am still amped up. It took us a while to even get out of the stadium. We stayed till the end. We partied in the park. We didn't want to leave. Gail, you and I have had a select group of games. And they've been far and few in between. But you know exactly what I'm talking about when we go to the parking lot. And it's such a good win. We don't even want to leave. You don't want to go home. We don't, you don't want to go home. You just want to stay there and soak it in. Yeah. I mean, I, I left around like close to 10 o'clock. Yeah. I, I, meet, uh, I ended up meeting up with Prime after, randomly. Uh, and then that, you, you took off. And then his brother started pulling out steaks. We had chicken steaks. In the parking lot. Talking trash to the, the, the cowboy fans that were cooking for us. We made them cook for us. 
Uh, but it was like we didn't want to go home. Yeah. I mean, there was fans wandering around the parking lot. I saw a girl taking. I just want to ask you a question. You got a question on, for on, Doug? On, a, on a trash pile, dude. Wait, what? a trash. Got a question for Doug? Hey, you ready for Eli Who is next this? week, Doug? Who is Doug? Time out. Are you, you ready for are you, Eli are, next week? Are you, are you credential? I'm ready for Eli. Are you credential? Get him out of here. Get him out of here. Get him out of here. I don't want his money touching my money. Evan Hollywood Hearn. Sorry about that. Well, yeah, well, I, I don't. I don't know who that was. Not credential. Not credential. Doesn't belong here. Evan Hollywood Hearn. How are you doing this evening? I'm about to channel my inner Monty G right now. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's all good, baby, baby, baby. Number one in the division, baby. Dude, guys. I feel like Paul Rudd on Hot Ones right now. Like, <laughs> you guys, you guys see us being here right now? Not me. Not, not, not me. Not me. I not mean, me. this is look at us. Look at us. Look at us right now, guys. Look at us. Look at us. Who would have thought? Guys, this offense, this whole team has—it's been a roller coaster this entire year, ups and downs. And uh, the best part about it is we've got—we're we're on the uptick for the, for the, for the biggest, the the biggest in the biggest part of the season right now. I. Like watching that game yesterday, watching everybody perform, all of our guys that uh, that have stepped up this year, it's been incredible. I mean, this offense is clicking a different kind of way with the uh, with the young, hungry guys on the roster. E, I mean, you nailed it in your intro. The the uh, Dallas Cowboys, they blew it, man. They had the season in the bag and they blew it, and nothing feels sweeter this part of, this time of year for something like that to happen, man. It's fantastic. And the, and the funniest part was even though they blew it and they lost and they couldn't get the job done, they had to stay in Philadelphia oh my on the tarmac because they're playing. It was poetic. It, 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 was, it was such poetic justice to know that the Dallas Cowboys, it was almost like that scene. Right in a Bronx tale, since we always talk about put him in the bathroom. Remember that scene <laughs> where he locks it down? Now you can't leave, <laughs> and they got their ass kicked. Yep. that was perfect poetic justice for what happened. But it it was it was a great game. It was a great. It was far from perfect, boys and girls. Mm. I don't want to sit here and say that the Eagles played a perfect game. But last week when we sat in the studio and we talked about the keys to victory, mm-hmm. well, wouldn't you know all those things came to fruition, and that's why the Eagles won. We talked about winning the turnover battle, Mm -hmm. and I know that's super generic for any football team, any single football game, but when it came down to it, the Eagles didn't turn the ball over. Mm -hmm. Carson Wentz had that one fumble, Mm -hmm. but guess what? Two hands on the ball. Two hands on the ball means the ball doesn't go far from you, and he fell right on it. But inside of the Eagles 30, what happened? Dallas Cowboys fumble the ball if you go back and think oh my god what would have happened if what would have happened if they just they scored there it would have been a completely different outcome of the game but the eagles protected the ball they played smart and they didn't turn the ball over that led to their victory we talked about penalties as well the eagles only committed four penalties it was the lowest since the seattle game and it was their second lowest total of the entire season Four penalties. That's it. Now, granted, like Gail says, death tax and the Jason Peters oh false start. And you know, you know that's going to happen. Play of the game, but four man. penalties is pretty damn good. Zeke, Ezekiel Elliott. Ooh. Ooh, you know what? You didn't feed Zeke, did you? You didn't feed Zeke. Thirteen carries, forty-seven yards. No, uh, seven. Uh, 
no wide receivers over 100 yards. Jim Schwartz, like I said, had to call the game of the season. Whether it blitz, play zone, he had to figure it out. And most importantly, you saw big-time names go down in that game. Mm -hmm. You saw your two starting corners exit the game at certain point. Yeah. Ronald Darby is going to miss significant time, as per Doug Peterson's press conference today. Yeah. Jalen Mills is day-to-day, -day, but he returned to action. And, but you had guys step up. Razul Douglas stepped up. And then Sidney Jones Sid at the, the kid, end of the man. game. Sid the kid, making the play when he needed to Call make it. the bullpen. Yeah, being a, being a yeah. closer for the team. And they had to protect Carson Wentz. Was it perfect? No. But they only registered one sack. And when I said Carson Wentz, I said I meant it both literally and figuratively, metaphorically. Because if you go back and watch that game, they were, they were protecting Carson Wentz through the run game. They were protecting Carson Wentz through the screen game. Quick passes, getting the ball out of his hand quickly. Carson Wentz went 31 of 40 for 319 yards, one touchdown, Zero interceptions. Now, just like if you were to look at those Zeke stats, all right, 13, yard, uh, 13 carries, 47 yards. If you were to say, hey, E, 13 carries, 47 yards for Zeke, are the Cowboys winning or not? I'm betting my week's paycheck that they're not winning. If you were to tell me, hey, Carson Wentz went 40, 31 of 40 for 319 and one touchdown, I would have went, mm, I don't know, maybe they won. But those 40 passes, which sometimes I get a little nervous about the number of passes that he's throwing, High percentage throws, mm -hmm. screen games. Uh, uh, Miles Sanders, 20 carries, 79 yards and a touchdown. Five receptions, 77 yards through the air. Most of those through, through screen passes. 11 passes to running backs for 98 yards. 13 passes to tight ends for a buck 19 and a touchdown. Doug Peterson called a game that not only protected Carson Wentz physically, but protected him metaphorically, through the design of the play calls. Yeah, I mean, Carson Wentz has been lights out the last three games. Over the last three games, Carson Wentz, 94 for 133, 71% completion percentage, 910 yards, six, touch, uh, six touchdowns, mm -hmm. no interceptions. Mm -hmm. you, know, you know, he's had his, his fumbling issue, but at the end of the day, that, that's what we need from Carson Wentz. We've asked for, you know, MVP-like. Uh, he, he's been... He's been MVP-like for this squad mm -hmm. with all the, you know, the players that he's playing with. And it, 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 you, can, you can see them, like, starting to form a unit. Mm -hmm. uh, you, you know, a, a dump off to Greg Ward Jr., yeah. uh, you know, Robert Davis. Uh, guys stepping up, making plays. Um, but Miles Sanders, man, he's, he's a guy that, like, is, I'm telling you, when we're seeing the maturation process of – Right before our eyes, mm -hmm. you know, some some players, I mean, some fans were ready to write this guy off at the beginning of the season. Just, it, just let him develop, bro. I mean, the explosive plays, but also the mental ability. You know, obviously we love to see that touchdown at the end of the game, but shades of Westbrook. Yes, it was. That is, we said it. In that the is the kind of uh, mental stability you want to see from a young player. He has enough mentality to say, you know what. It's not about me. It's about the team. Get down. Game over. Mm -hmm. And you can tell that he's bought in. He talked about uh, Deuce Staley being, be, being like that father figure to him, being that older brother, mm -hmm. and what Deuce has really meant for his career. So without, you know, a Jordan Howard, which we are getting him back. Uh, yeah, Hopefully. Uh, yeah, he's coming back. Is he? Yep. Yeah, Adam Schefter Adam says Schechter. he's coming back. Yep. 
So, I mean, you get that ground and pound game, but over the last six weeks, you've had the development of um, of Miles Sanders, and it's been a beauty. Mm -hmm. And talking about Carson Wentz, like we talked about when he won that game against the Giants, which he has to do again. The Giants played him tough, but he came back in the fourth quarter and scored that touchdown and brought him back and then did it in overtime. We've been talking all season about Carson Wentz checking boxes, right? Yeah. So we had the, you know, the doubters and, and the haters and the naysayers and the and, 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 and people kind of picking on him, saying that he's not able to make his wide receivers better. Well, here's a case where you got J.J. Ortega-Whiteside. You, you've got these young group of receivers, these practice squad players, yeah. guys that have bounced on and off the, off the roster like Ward, guys that people have already written off like J.J., guys that we just signed from the Redskins, like, like guys that didn't have jobs. Perkins, all the, he's making them better to the point where they got a little bit of a swagger going on. I mean, I don't know if you saw in the beginning of that opening drive, like they were coming out, they slinging the rock. They were catching the ball with confidence. They were high-pointing. And then when they got that first down, man, they were popping up and giving it a little juice. We haven't seen that juice all season. And he's checking that box of making his wide receivers better. He's checking that box of bringing a team back from behind in the fourth quarter. He's going to check that box of staying healthy for the first time for a full 16-game season for the first time since he's a rookie. And then God willing up at MetLife Stadium they win that game he will check the box of bringing this Philadelphia Eagles team to the playoffs and finally playing in a playoff game I think it's also a testament like we had talked about earlier in the season about how uh, Doug's uh, play calling has been questionable they came out like on fire in that on that first drive I thought it was very good scripted plays to get everybody involved and I think that Doug is really starting to utilize the strengths of all these practice squad players and, uh, you know, making the best out of them. I mean, and we, we talked about, you know, Doug moving forward, knowing his limitations, but playing to our players' strengths. Mm-hmm. And you're seeing that before your eyes. You know, you, you got your tight end screens. You got your running back screens. You, you're playing to your strengths of your two tight ends. Um, that's what you like to see. I mean, that, that pass to J. Joe, where, where he high points yeah. it, and he just – that's where he wins. I mean, that's what you like to see. He comes back. Uh, Carson Wentz rolls out. He rolls to the quarterback and makes a catch on the sidelines, you know, secures the ball. That's what you like to see. I mean, that's that's all we can ask. But at the end of the day, like the way that they're playing, uh, it's inspiring. Mm-hmm. And, and the fans, we've been like, you know, if you go back to that Chicago Bears game where you're like, this offense is terrible. And then yeah. it just it, three, three, you know, even though we won, we felt like we lost. Yeah. Uh, we're, we're actually finally seeing some cohesive uh, thought. The chemistry the feels play, like play it's, it's coming back. Yeah, yeah. And, I, and I've never seen, I, I shouldn't say never seen, but it's been a while since I've seen something later on in the season that I just did not anticipate seeing in the beginning of the season. The, the, when I say ne- I've never, and then I corrected myself, I remember like going into the season and thinking Chip Kelly was going to be the guy, and then by the, by the end of the season you realize that this dude was totally figured out. So it was a fraud, it, so, so it was kind of the light bulb went off by the end of the season, and I didn't really even see it coming. The chemistry of Carson Wentz and this group of receivers that honestly you could look at on paper and be like, this is the worst receiving core in the, in the, in the, in the, in the NFL. <laughs> this is worse than James Thrash and Todd Pinkston. The, to, 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 to see that now, it, it has become so apparent to me at this point in the season that in order for Carson Wentz to lead this team, 
he's going to need his own guys. That means Nelly's got to go. Mm-hmm. That, I, listen, I don't know what you do with Alshon Jeffrey at the end of the season because that is a lot of dead cap money. That is a big cap hit. Yeah. And looking back at that contract that he signed for that amount of money, it is clearly a mistake. But Carson Wentz, with the ability to lead the offense and trust in young receivers who are just as hungry as he is to move the ball and get the job done, get the ball in the end zone, score some points, and win some games, I, I mean, that that is... It has become so apparent that moving forward into the offseason, which ain't going to happen anytime soon, at least not for a couple of weeks, baby. But Ooh, I know what in, you're saying. Into the offseason that you go into the draft, you find yourself some new wide, you know, some additional help at the wide receiver position, but it's time to cleanse. It's time to cleanse. You can't be in the position that the Cowboys are in, and I know the definition of insanity is sort of like a trite and overplayed term here especially here in Philadelphia doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result but you don't want to end up like the Cowboys where they're trying to do the same stuff over and over again and continuously falling short you realize now that you need to get Carson Wentz his guys Greg Ward is going to be one of his guys JJ God willing he keeps developing and he keeps blossoming into a a, a, exactly what we wanted, an Alshon 2.0 type of receiver. But Carson needs his guys. Miles Sanders is on that list. Obviously, Zach and Dallas, who had the best game of his Philadelphia career, is on that list. Yep. But you start to see that confidence, man. Yeah. That confidence. And, I, I mean, a guy that's been kind of forgotten about, I mean, Deshaun Jackson, it, like that kind of relationship, you know, we we're, we missed that this whole season. If, you know, when they get an opportunity in the playoffs. When? You get a, a Deshaun Jackson back, maybe. But I, I think getting some of these veterans moving forward the next couple games, like a Lane Johnson, like a Jordan Howard, 100%. infusing some veteran talent, who got to be inspired from what they've seen. Uh, I, I, even shout out to Big V, a guy who went up against Demarcus Lawrence, a guy who's a, a beastly talent. I mean, you, you got to give credit to what credit's due. I mean, you know, Big V, everyone was scared about that matchup, mm-hmm. and he showed up. But I, I think... You know, infusing some talent, like some speed uh, next year with some, you know, draft picks or some guys off uh, free agency. I mean, it, it could be sky's the limit for this offense. And I don't want to commit the fatal flaw that Dallas Cowboys fans committed, which is counting your, yeah. counting your eggs before they hatch, counting your chickens before they hatch, right? And, yep. and, and kind of getting ahead of yourself because there's still a, as big of a win as this game was, there's still one to go, and it's against a division rival. And if anything is, if you've learned every anything over the last three games of the season, you have ha- you have to learn that no matter how bad your divisional opponents may be. They know you, you know them, and they are going to continue to play you tough, right? Mm-hmm. This is a New York Giants team that is not good, that is not going anywhere, not playing for anything, yet they, you took that, it took overtime for you to beat them. So, Gail, what do the Eagles have to do, in the simplest of terms, to beat the New York Giants next week, win the NFC East, and host themselves a playoff? I I want to say it again because it feels so good to say, win the NFC East and host yourself a playoff game. I mean, obviously, uh, you know, without uh, Eli, uh, he's out of the picture now. Uh, it's it's a different team. Daniel Jones, a guy who, uh, you know, he, he's he's played pretty well. You know, if you pressure him, pressure bust pipes. Obviously, the last time we played the Giants, we shut down Saquon Barkley. Uh, you know, they did get back. They got Evan Ingram back. Mm-hmm. They got, you know, Golden Tate. They got some receivers. Um uh, Slayton, 
Uh, so I mean, this is an opportunity for this this front front seven of ours to really bring the pressure. They they brought the pressure to deck, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but at the at the end of the day, I mean, it's I got to see heart, just like I saw last week. I think I think they've got it. I, I think they've they've honed in and they got the secret to success right now. Mm-hmm. And I think they just got to show up. And most importantly, the the, the fans got to show up. Mm. We we were there when we flipped that stadium. Uh, we're talking about Eli Manning, fourth quarter, about to get the get the dub for his his home field. Mm-hmm. But the it's he's getting booed. He's getting that he can't even hear so much so that the false start happens by his left tackle. Mm-hmm. That was created by you, the fans. Uh, you take over that fan. I mean, you take over that stadium, a hostile environment for the home team. That's some crazy stuff. A yeah. takeover is also important. Evan. Yeah, uh, the key for me, I, th- I think Gail was right on the money with it. I mean, you need to uh, shut down Saquon Barkley, and you need to make the Giants offense one-dimensional. You want, I mean, uh, Daniel Jones is coming off of a career game last game, and uh, I think that he's still a rookie, though, and if we, get, if we could just shut down Saquon, apply pressure on Daniel Jones, shake him up a little bit in the first quarter, and Doug needs to come out with another killer game plan, you can't sleep on this team. Like, we, no, like, like no. you said, we can't. Count our uh, chickens before they hatch. Uh, you got to come out with a proper game plan, ready to win. Don't sleep on it. Hard practice all week. You know, you know catching fire is a, is a funny thing. Mm-hmm. Catching fire, boom, it can happen like that. Mm-hmm. Stuff can just go up in flames. Same thing with at the end of your season when you start getting hot and you catch fire. The thing about fire, too, easy to extinguish, easy to put out. So you can't have this New York Giants team take away the swag that you are now starting to develop. I saw the Eagles in the locker room doing the electric slide for the first time since 2017. I've seen (laughs) Sidney Jones in the end zone and the whole team celebrating with him. I've seen the whole team celebrating with us at the end of the Washington Redskins game. I've seen the first out. I've seen Miles Sanders, you know, start feeling himself. You're starting to see this team build that confidence. That fire can get extinguished awful quick. Don't let it happen. Because what you want to do is you want to beat the, beat the Giants, prove it, beat the Redskins, prove it, step over the Dallas Cowboys like you're stepping over a dead body because that's exactly what they are at this point in the season. They are dead. And then use the New York Giants as a stepping stone to kind of get that juice, get that feeling, get that chemistry back for the first round of the playoffs. Which would be at home. Which, which would be at home. Crazy. Not for, which is insane. And not for nothing. If the Eagles can keep playing like they're playing and stick to the game plan like they're sticking to, continue to protect Carson Wentz, and the defense can still keep these guys out of the end zone and kicking field goals. Listen, that was the number one offense in the NFL that you held the three field goals. They didn't touch the end zone. That was the number two. In a must-win game. Points per game offense in the NFL. That was the number one passing offense in the NFL. And not for nothing, but let's say it's Seattle. Like, they got running back problems. That's where, that's our strength. They're going to be slinging the ball. Listen, you can start to get that fight. Don't extinguish the fire. And, Gail, you touched on the front seven. I think you're 100% right. I respect Eli Manning. As much as we've, I, we've all, and I, me included, have goofed on that guy over the years, and justifiably so, he's been a lot of fun. Like, he knows how to beat the Eagles. He knows how to play the Eagles. The Eagles haven't seen Jones yet. Nope. And the Jones has not seen the Eagles yet. 
And what Jim Schwartz is going to do, I think, this time is really, hey, D-line, this one's on you, guys. Mm -hmm. You go have fun, and you go feast out there, and you make it happen. And just kick kick that kid's ass. Yeah, I mean, interior pressure is everything. I think Fletcher Cox, you know, coming back from – he got in, injured during the game and came back and just gave you some – you know, I mean, that dude was playing with some heart. But, you know, Daniel Jones, he's been known to fumble the football. So, you know, <laughs> now we, we, we've had our, 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 you know, dealings with fumbles, but I, I think Daniel Jones, Giants fans will tell you he's been fumbling. How, how about Josh Sweat stepping up this year as well? He's, Joshua has been having got, a solid year, man. He's got some juice. He does. He yeah. does. That, that, that was another uh, slept-on draft pick that we uh, mocked Howie for. And, li- and listen, they, they, they've, they've tried. Here's what I love about what I'm seeing. They tried the year after the Super Bowl to embrace the target and it was manufactured, sort of synthetic, non-organic, sort of confidence, hype. They were trying to inject that in the team manually. You just can't do that. You come into this season, everything matters. And all, you know what I mean? It's that manufact. It was built, and I've said this on the podcast before, it, it was made by the coaches and the staff, and they're trying to talk the players into believing in themselves. Can't happen. Doesn't work like that. Manu- uh, manufactured swag, uh, uh, synthetic swag is nothing compared to organic swag, and that's what this team is starting to build. Yeah, and Zach, Zach Ertz had one of uh, an inspiring speech. Uh, it got the team riled up. Uh, was, he talked about Cortez when, when he was invading Mexico. A uh, man told his soldiers to burn the ships behind them. The reason being there is no plan B. Mm-mm. There's only plan A, and that's to get the job done. Uh, this was uh, uh, Brandon Brooks talking about, um, Zach talking about the story. Uh, Malcolm Jenkins chimes in. He gave the story talking about burning the boats and having no choice but to compete and win. Either you survive or you go home. That's the situation that we're in. I, I, I feel like they're dialed in. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's a, I don't know if it's like they like to be backed up in a corner. Nobody backs up the Eagles in a corner. Um, <laughs> But they just, they just, it's it's just great to see. Cause I mean, we've had some. It's been a tough time as an Eagle fan this season. Yeah, you know, we we yeah. say weekend and our downs It hasn't been fun. No, I mean, it, it has been fun the last couple it's, it's weeks. Fun. Yeah, it's it's been a blast. I mean, we've been partying with the team on the in the end zone. I mean, we're watching overtime victories, and and we get this blessing at Christmas time. I mean, right now I'm having fun. Burn the ships. I like that one. Burn the shit. You knew. You knew. Yeah, you knew I would like. He likes pirates. This guy. You knew I. You knew I would like that one. And the message is, is is clear. There is no option. No other option. You go in. You either conquer or you die. You do not retreat whatsoever. And that's the kind of organic, grassroots, swag, confidence, fire, energy that comes from the players that you simply can't put on a t-shirt and just give no. it to the give it to the players and think it's going to be 53 angry men. That doesn't last. When it comes from the locker room, that's when it absolutely matters. Listen, it's, it is the holiday season. So we don't want to spend a lot of time in here. We all got families to go to, we all got food to eat, we all got victories to celebrate and Cowboys fans to dump on. So we're going to get right to the Twitter questions and then get on out of here. Evan Hollywood Hearn, why don't you hit us with the first question? All right, Harry the K wants to know, is Greg Ward what we've been looking for when we were drafting Aguilar in the first round? Uh, I mean, 
I, I guess so. Greg Ward has a lot to prove. He's got a lot more to prove. He's mm-hmm. doing a great job the last couple of weeks. In the, I put it in a group chat, and I didn't want to put it out on the timeline because I was like, does this even make sense? But I was like, Greg Ward is Philadelphia Victor Cruz. A guy that's just undrafted. I realize there's no quarterback background in there, but it, nobody expected anything from him. And then all of a sudden, he becomes a receiver like Eli Manning's go-to receiver for a couple years there. Posts a couple thousand-yard receiving seasons. And that's what I could see Greg Ward developing into. I think when we drafted Nelson Aguilar, we were hoping for, like, better than Jeremy Mack. If you remember, we let, we let Jeremy Macklin walk. Mm-hmm. He, like, we did, after he, the prove he, it, he, yeah. He, yeah, after the prove it, yeah, he, he signed one year. He balled out. And then he went, what did he do? He went inside with Kansas City? Yep, Wasn't yep, it Kansas City? Yep, yep. And then we drafted Nelson Aguilar to be like Jeremy Macklin's upgraded replacement, and he was nowhere near that. If I don't want to shoot for that, but if, if Greg Ward can be Philly Victor Cruz, that's a dub. That's a win. Yeah. That's a win in my book. Yeah, uh, if he could be uh, Edelman Light, who was also a former quarterback, uh, that would be great. Uh, I, but I think Greg Ward in his own right is his own man. Uh, he's a guy who's been through the trials and tribulations of a journeyman uh, p- player in the NFL. Yeah. I mean, the dude was an, on an AFL roster that, that that does not even exist anymore to the point where, you know, he, three years in a row he's tried to make this roster. Doug Peterson spoke highly of him, but they didn't uh, have that opportunity for him. But I think at the end of the day he, he he's sparking something in this team. And I, have, I haven't said that about a lot of players this, this season. For some reason what he's done – has definitely sparked a. Uh, it's hunger. Mm-hmm. That hunger is. You could see it, man. It's it's all over his play. Like, hungry dogs run faster. Mm-hmm. Full dogs go and take a nap. <laughs> and you feel like the rest. You know what I mean? Like not for nothing, but the layover the guys in the Super Bowl that Carson Wentz is trying to throw balls to that have some sort of bromance with Nick Foles. You 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 kind of feel that. I mean, you could you could you could you know smell out in, entitlement. And I felt like this yeah. this this guy yeah. comes from a different ilk right now, and that's exactly what this team needs. Exactly what this. What's the, what else you got? Uh, Eagles Nest three one five wants to know. He 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 was a sign Howard twenty twenty guy, and he said, mm. "Now with the breakout of Sanders, are you still wanting that, or do you want Sanders to be the lead guy?" I think if you can recreate sort of the running back trio that had so much success, not, not exactly verbatim and exactly the type of running styles, but I do think you need three running backs to run a successful running back by committee, and I don't want to use that phrase because I think Miles Sanders is more than capable of handling the bulk of the carries all on his own, but let us not forget, while Miles Sanders was still learning his craft and how to be an NFL player, that Jordan Howard was crushing it. Jordan Howard was, was. was one of the most pleasant surprises of a very frustrating early part of the season. That dude was gaining the yards. He was gaining the tough yards. He was putting his shoulder down and looking for contact. It'd be nice to have that now. Mm-hmm. It'd be nice to have that long term. And not, you know, I'm not rooting for injury. I'm not happy that the dude got injured, albeit that you know Miles Sanders had, a, had his opportunity to blossom and his chances to grow in this offense. But if anything... That at least cheapen cheapen the price. I mean, one of my fears about the signed Jordan Howard twenty twenty movement was that he was going to ball out and he was going to get his bag from somebody else in the in another team in the NFL looking for a running back. I think he it, like look if he can prove if this team can prove to him that they're young and they're up and coming and they're grow and that locker room chemistry and everything I've been talking about over and over again. 
If this is the right fit for him, I don't see why he doesn't come back, and I don't see why the Eagles wouldn't want him back. Yeah, I mean, I think Jordan Howard brings you a different kind of identity to your run game. Mm-hmm. I mean, he runs the in zone, inside zone like no other. I think he, you know, guy hits the hole hard. And at the end, at the end of the fourth quarter, when guys are trying to make business decisions, you don't want to see Jordan Howard. I think he's a guy who, you know, he just he's a he's a lunch pail guy. You don't hear much uh, complaining from him. He does what whatever whatever it takes for this team. I think if you get him on a reasonable contract. It could make sense, but I, I really do feel like, you know, Miles Sanders has shown you what kind of dynamic player he is in the passing game, running game, and, and his ability to block for a rookie. Uh, you know, he's he's flashed, uh, and it's it's great to see. I mean, you know, uh, uh, Jason Peters called him shady like. Yeah, listen, Eagles fans, if I if I could if I could rephrase that question and propose this to you. If you have Miles Sanders, which is a cross-hybrid between a Brian Westbrook and a LaShawn McCoy, you got that. And then you've got a Jordan Howard, who is a cross-hybrid between a Jay Ajayi and a LeGarrette Blunt, and I give you that. And then Boston Scott can be new Darren Sproles. How do you say no? How do you say no to that? That's a dream backfield. No Corey Clement on that list, I noticed. Cork right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> was, was he the next Westbrook? <laughs> hey, easy, easy. Listen, I don't. Not all of them are gonna be gems. No, I mean, but he. Not all of them are gonna be gems, Mr. Gale. No, I mean, no, he 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 still got he still got some juice. You know, I mean, that guy was a MVP in the Super Bowl. The way he played that. All right, what else you got? Um, Jay Bendania wants to know: Is the Alshon injury the spark that uh, caused this whole? upbringing of uh, of the Eagles good play. Yeah. <laughs> to put it to put it bluntly and the and to give you a short answer, I I I I kind of think so. It required guys to step up. It it gave dudes the opportunity that the dudes before didn't exactly have. It showed a hunger and a drive in other people. And Brandon Brooks, you know, was kind of at the end of the game, kind of, you know, referring to some people, kind of calling out some guys, you know, some some squeaky little rats in the locker room. Yeah, again, I don't know what you do with Alshon's contract. I don't know how you handle that, how he's got to pull out another rabbit out of his butt and be a magician, but uh, maybe it's time for Alshon to uh, to go. And not for nothing, but his play before that, somebody on the timeline referenced him like, yo, Alshon's playing like Des Bryant did at the end of his career. Mm-hmm. I don't know how much is left in the tank of Alshon. You know I'm an Alshon guy, but I, I think you know he, he's, he's banged up. I don't, I don't think he's he was healthy, but I also... Not just Alshon, I think uh, Aguilar. I think both of them going down forced this offense to wake up. Um, you know, letting guys, uh, you know, uh, the X and Jordan Matthews not come back to this roster. Look at the guys that are willing and hungry to make plays. It forces this this offense to, you know, think smarter and play smarter and, and come up with some new, you know, some new juice because they, they've act, act, obviously brought it brought it to the table the last couple of weeks. I mean, it got stale. It feels new again, doesn't it? It feels brand new again. We are th- we are 3 and 0 with uh three active wide receivers going into the game, which is kind of mind-blowing. That's crazy, dude. Uh Anthony Bullock wants to know, does Sidney Jones have a chance to be back next season? Yeah. Why wouldn't he? Yeah, I mean, he's he's still on the uh, on on the the cash flow. <laughs> I mean, uh, but I think, you know, he's from what he's been going through, he 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 said it himself on NBC Philadelphia after the game. This has been one of the toughest seasons of his 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 life, uh, just dealing with what he's been dealing. He's been in the doghouse, but like 
consistently uh, the last couple games he's come up when the team needed him most and made big plays. Whatever you can take him from them from this and learn from this moving forward, I think this is classic stuff that you. This is how you learn to become a professional. Hopefully, he's learned something from, from this season. And Avante Maddox and Cravon are going to play their role. I think uh, Rizul's done at the end of the season. They're gonna, they're going to let him, you know, fi- find a new home. I'm not. I'm I'm giving up on the Sidney Jones is going to be your starting number one cornerback. I, I I've given up on that mm. hope, and I'm not about to talk myself next offseason into believing that anymore. But what you do need is a more than capable backup. All right, so I think he does absolutely stay here because he is going to need to be that capable backup who, like a relief pitcher, can come in when one of your starting corners gets injured. And listen, they're still going to have to draft a guy. Mm-hmm. You still got to draft a guy, maybe sign a guy in free mm-hmm. agency, bring some new talent in. Darby, Darby and Razul, I think, are out at the end of the year. But, uh, yeah, but yeah, I think Sidney has a home here. He just needs to continue are to you, develop. You, you bring him back Mills? Yeah, I like Mills. Mills, for all of his flaws, brings a swagger to that team. He does. So you saw it. You know, I mean, he wanted all the smoke in the beginning of that game, dude. He was, mean, he was puffing. That's up. what we were doing. doing that's, that's, the, flex, that's the one celebration action, we you know, were doing. You know what I mean? And he's a physical <laughs> corner. He's not the one thing that Mills is going to do is he lacks makeup speed. He's going to get torched every once in a while. He's going to finger wag and piss you off when he shouldn't be finger finger wagging because because the, the wide receiver blew right by him and just happened to drop the ball. By the way, Cowboys fans, shut up. Getting back to you guys. Shut up. I don't want to hear the excuses, all right? I'm listening to Skip Bayless, all right? I'm listening to Skip Bayless today going, my quarterback had six drop balls, and that's why they were letting him down on my quarterback. Listen, you didn't want to hear about the injury excuses early on from Eagles fans. It didn't even matter to you. Dak was better. So I don't want to hear the injury excuse and this freaking Fugazi shoulder injury that he has. They were just setting him up with an excuse because they knew he was going to blow it. So I don't want to hear anything about, oh, he didn't get any reps or he didn't have time to practice or he was hurt. And I don't want to hear anything about drop balls. This is stuff that we've had to deal with all season. Just because you had to deal with it one game doesn't mean you get the bitch about it now. Shut up and take a seat. I mean, Dak great until he got to be great. <laughs> what else we got? Uh, Sanders Stan account wants to know, speaking of Skip Bayless, is... Oh, uh, oh you're, you're speaking th- of devil. Yeah, speaking of uh, Skip Bayless, Max Kellerman, is he the new Skip? And what are, what are your thoughts on his comments? Just not wanting to give it up. L- listen, this, this, this... Go ahead, Gail. Stick, stick to boxing, Max. And rapping? Uh, his his oh, football yeah. takes are like his rap career. If you want to go to my Twitter handle, uh, check out his rap career. Uh, rumble, young man, rumble, said Max Kellerman. Uh, his football takes are trash. Uh, he, he, he could talk about boxing if you like. Uh, but I, I think it's at the end of the day, like, give the man, like, take the, like, when, as a man, sometimes you have to take L's. Take the L. I'll respect you for more. I'll respect you more for taking the L when you're wrong. And he's been wrong a lot lately. Listen, to take the L like a man would to to be a legitimate commentator. And listen, it's it's not hard to see right through where media, sports media, has gone. Gail, when you and I were in college, when you and I spent, you know, you might even remember that you used to stay up late in college and watch Sports Center because that's where you got all your highlights. You got all the highlights from Sports Center, and they used to do the top ten, and they mm-hmm. used to do the Jacked Up and Sunday NFL Countdown, blah blah. You used to stay up late and just watch that kind of stuff. The entire industry 
has shifted away from that with the with the emergence of social media. Yeah. And this is nothing new. I mean, now these sports, the ESPNs, the Fox Sports, all of them have had to figure out how do we start to regain viewership? How do we start to generate uh, content that competes with Twitter, with Facebook, with stuff being online? Hot so takes. they don't have, and it's been hot takes. That Some of the local sports talk radio here in this city is coached up on hot takes. Because what do hot takes too? They generate phone calls. Clicks. They generate conversation. They generate clicks. You, the, the sports media in this type of environment, not only here in Philadelphia, but nationwide, is just hot takey. So the more, because it doesn't matter if you're wrong. You understand that, guys, right? When you talk about the Skip Baylesses and you talk about the Max Kellermans and you talk about the Colin, Colin Cowherds, it doesn't matter whether they're right or wrong. It just matters that somebody gets pissed off enough to retweet it and say, look what this jackass said. You know what I mean? That's mm-hmm. what, and that's how you generate views. That's how you generate conversation. It's how you generate clicks. Max Kellerman, it has nothing to do with him being a man. It just has to do with him being, that's, his, that's the shtick nowadays. Yeah. You just kind of have to accept it. Is that it? Got one more. Uh, Christian Truil, Tru, I'm sorry, I'm going to put your last name. Truillo uh, wants to know, who on this coaching staff uh, gets their job saved if the Eagles sneak <laughs> into the playoffs? Deuce. I don't think they were firing Jim Schwartz. I thought I thought Deuce was okay. Um, I think uh, Mike Groves still got to go. Uh, Press Taylor's still got to go. I think those are my guys. That I don't think they're not they're not going to be Captain Saver, bro. I you know I don't, I don't again I don't think I don't think Jim Schwartz was going anywhere. I don't think he was in danger of really finding you know somebody being in such a rush to hire Jim Schwartz. First of all, defensive coaches in general, like it's all young offensive minds. Everyone's looking for the uh, the the next McVeighs, McVeighs and and the, and the, Shanahan's. the Shanahan's. Everybody's looking for that McVeigh young... who recently uh, got bounced from playoff contention. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know they're they're looking how for far those they fall. Young offensive minds. Nobody wants to hire the Dan Quinn. You, you know, you take a look at these teams that have hired. With the exception of McDermott in Buffalo, nobody's looking at these de- these old head kind of defensive coordinators going, ooh, let's hire him as a head coach. Mm-hmm. So I'm not worried about him getting a head coaching position. I think he's done enough, especially, again, he held, yeah, Brady he held the, and Wilson. Come and on, held man. the number one ranked offense. Scoreless. To, yeah, to, to, out of the end zone. I mean, that with with guys going down, there's something to be there's something to absolutely be said. And going back to the deuce thing, the reason I said deuce is because I, I am fairly confident that somebody is going to want to hire Deuce Staley as an offensive coordinator. I'm not saying Deuce saved, saved his job because I think he's bad at his job. I think there's a little bit of like too much promoting from within, and, and they do need a fresh set of eyes. But I I'm, I am confident that Deuce Staley is eventually going to find himself his own role and be able to you know drive you know, captain his own ship sometime in the near future and by near future I mean offensive coordinator next season but if he wanted to stay I think you know the lad, the offense the way it's been running over the last 3 games has warranted him staying as the running back slash assistant head coach is that it are we good we good is it time to party for the holidays Yes, sir. A couple shout-outs before we get on out of here. And, again, we appreciate you tuning in on a Monday at 545. And we appreciate Spence kind of hanging in there as I was <laughs> as I was stuck out in the traffic. Uh, shout-out to Dennis Kelly, who was a photographer 
who stopped by the 4th and John Tailgate, took a bunch of pictures. I want to shout him out because he didn't have to do that. He took a bunch of wonderful pictures. Please check him out on his Twitter and his Instagram to see all those 4th and John photos. There's a lot of them. He's not with the Titans anymore? No. Uh, shout out to Sonny Anderson, my, my Giants Twitter crush, my boo thang, if you will, the girl whose heart I battled license plate guy on the Rachel Ray show for. She hooked Gail and I up with tickets to the Giants game. And Gail, after the show, I got to show you the messages that we were sending because it's a Bud Light-esque hookup. It is the hookup. We'll be 12 rows back from the end zone, 50-yard line, club wow. level. Wow. The, the, I, wow. mean, I mean, the whole thing. So shout out to <laughs> wow, Sonny bro. Anderson for hooking it up. We hope to see you at the game. Again, Gail and I have been there when we've seen Eagles fans absolutely take over that stadium. We're hoping to see the same thing again so we can all celebrate as Eagles fans at MetLife Stadium, kind of rub it in the face of Giants fans as we win the NFC East and host the playoff game. Of course, Hawk and Bakery for providing the pizza and the food. It was amazing. It, there was nothing left. Once again, by the end of the tailgate, we appreciate your continued support throughout the season and last season. They've been one of our first, they were our first sponsor. Yep. They've been uh, so supportive of us. Tina, we absolutely love you. Bud Light, once again, hooking it up. Uh, not only at Washington, but hooking up the tailgate the entire season. We love those guys over there. They've been so incredibly supportive, and we've got some big plans. You know, we've already talked about next season. Yep. Some big, big plans with Bud Light coming. Monster Energy Drinks, my drink short, uh, choice for providing the tailgate with all the beverages. Gail, any final thoughts before we get on out um, here? Shout out to uh, Karate Mark and the Goofy yes. Gators. Uh, you know, it's a, it just, you know, we like to give back. We love the Eagles. Uh, you know, we've kind of formed this thing, and, and the fans, you guys have given. I mean, we, I'm, I'm bringing gifts after the show uh, to Karate Mark. I mean, the gifts are still coming in. To so shout out to those guys for uh, doing, a, doing a phenomenal thing. And not only the, the, the gifts that have, people have brought to the tailgates, Mark texts me and, and shows me pictures of the gifts that were mailed in from viewers of 4th and John and listeners and subscribers, whether it be YouTube, iTunes, or Facebook. People have mailed stuff to Nor uh, Marikick Northeast Philly. Uh, to, to, and Goofy Gator shouted us out. They were able to take on more families and give to more <laughs> families this holiday it's season, awesome. which means there's going to be more kids who, who have special needs, especially autism, that are going to be just brightening up their holiday spirit, just like Eagles fans' holiday spirit was brightened up with that win over the Dallas Cowboys. And once again, you suck. I hate you. I hope we ruined your Christmas. You <laughs> suck. Until next time, when we sit in this studio as NFC East champs and get ready for the wild card playoff tailgate for Mr. Gail Saunders, Eagle Sessions on Twitter, for Evan Hollywood Hearn, E-Rock. We will see you right here, NBC Sports Philadelphia, next week. Let's go, birds!